Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. All right, Eric, so since social distancing, as we mentioned earlier, is a is a new term that's going to forever be in our vernacular, I think. Um, there are certain things from a financial perspective. We'll have a little bit of a, we'll try to find some levity, a silver lining in this, if you will. <laughs> Explain why some of these items that I've got on this list should probably social distance themselves and not hang out together. These are some financial items, okay? So we don't want our emergency fund palling around with the stock market. Tell us why. No, no, those make, uh, those are not good bedfellows, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And this is the line, I always talk about this, is the line that got blurred between savings and investing. Okay. So when you're saving, um, you're saving money for something in the future. You know, I'm going to save for the down payment on a house back in the day when you're younger. I'm going to save for my first car. I'm going to save for a college education. I'm saving for a vacation. I'm saving for that, uh, you know, rainy day. Um, now, the foundation of most plans when you first start out in the world is to have an emergency fund in a savings account that you can use to pay your expenses should you know you lose your job. Well, look right now. If people are following that. We'd probably be in a little bit better place. Instead of the government having to send checks to everyone, people would have, you know, hey, we got six months of our expenses already saved up. People don't do that, though. And what they do is they get conned into investing, you know, oh, why are you put that money in the bank and only earning half a percent on it in a savings account? You can put it over here, and you know the track record of these mutual funds or the stock has been—you know—it's averaged seven percent over the last ten years. Well, don't you want to get seven as opposed to half a percent? <laughs> well, that's investing, right? And what happens when you invest? Sometimes things go good, and sometimes things go bad. You're taking and right chances, now it's right. going bad for investors. So. Yep. Emergency funds should be in a safe place, a liquid place that you can get to because when you need it, that's usually when things are going pretty bad, right? You've had some kind of event. You, know, you lost your job. Hey, I need to pay my rent or my mortgage and put food on the table and pay for health care and those kinds of things. I need that money to be there, right? Um, hey, my kid's uh, starting college next uh, semester. I need that first tuition payment. You know, These are what I call five the 529 plans. People don't realize you need to adjust those closer that kid gets to when he's going to start needing that money or they're going to start needing that money because you don't want the market like now imagine if somebody had all the 529 plan in an aggressive stock oriented account and the kid's going to start college right it's down maybe 30 percent that's not good so savings and investing you need to make sure you understand there should be a separation there should be some social distancing between those two asset classes all right, so that's a. That, I think it's a fun way of looking at that, but it's also a good way for us to kind of highlight uh, some of the things we want to continue to focus on as we move to and through the, the crisis, if you will. Here, so um, your life insurance and your investments—they shouldn't probably hang out either. No, they shouldn't. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have these things called variable life insurance policies, and. I'm not saying they're they're a bad tool, but you have to use that tool the right way. So high level, what a variable life policy would be like is that you put money into the life insurance policy and then you can buy investments. So 
the nice thing is investments sometimes go up and go up a lot rather than what the uh, insurance company would pay you on a just a fixed rate uh, type of a policy. But sometimes, like what's going on right now, those values can go down and down dramatically. So the thing is, if you have this variable inside of your policy, what that means is that any kind of the guarantees in that policy, the death benefit, or maybe they had planned for income, something like that, those are left to chance. Those are not going to be there if something bad goes wrong. Okay, if something bad happens, I should say. But if something bad happens, then that could go away. Now, what I see is when these policies come across my, you know, people that come in and meet with us, is what I see when they're using a variable life policy, they're minimally funding it, which means they're only putting in what it tells you to put in. You know, if it's 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month, something like that. The key to using a variable policy is you want to overfund it. You want to put as much in as you can legally possibly do because they're regulated by the IRS and how much money you can put into life insurance. So if you're just minimally funding a variable policy, then you might be setting yourself up for a potential down the road where you get money in to keep that policy in force and still have that death benefit. So anything that has variable into it, that means it can move, it can change, it can vary. So if you have that, you may want to readdress those. But yeah, you don't want to have your investments and your insurance together. You want those separate. Investments are investments. You want those to grow you know, money, whether it be retirement money or other investment money. But insurances are protection. You want to know those are going to be there to pay off when you need them to pay off. You don't want to leave that chance. So if you have variable life insurance, you really need to readdress it and make sure it's still working the way you want it to work or use the tool the way it's intended to be used or maybe make a change with it. Okay. All right. Now, this one might sound a little high level here, Eric, so help us out with this one. But high turnover investment strategies should not be palling around with after-tax brokerage accounts. Absolutely, because when things turn over a lot, let's say you're using some kind of really active mutual fund or exchange-traded funds, something like that. Maybe it's based on an algorithm, or now there's new ones based on artificial intelligence, those kinds of things. Which okay. means these things are going to move, right? There's no person really managing it. There's just this computer that's doing it. So they're, they're taking doing the trading. data and trying to like read it ahead of time, correct? Correct, correct. That's what I, want a, I want a robot to control my investments, or right. at least some of them, right? Right. Well, if you're doing that in a taxable account, every time that algorithm or robot sells something, that creates a taxable event. Mm, okay. So all of a sudden, at the and you don't really know this until you get this 1099, usually in February, but you get it for the previous year. So you can't do anything about it once you get that. And so you look at this and say, well, you know, I started off with $100,000. This thing's worth $80,000 because it went down, but now I got... $10,000 of capital gains because that robot algorithm inside of there did all this trading. And although some of the stuff that sold was up and some of the stuff that's down, it hasn't sold yet. So I can't offset the two. So I got to pay tax on this capital gain, even though my account went down in value. We call that loser's tax, right? And so the government charges you a tax for that. If you're, you know, in the 22% tax bracket, that's a 15% tax. So if you're going to have something that's going to be Moving around like that, doing all this, you want to have it tax protected, which means in an IRA, a Roth IRA, or qualified plan, something like that, as opposed to being in an after-tax brokerage account, which deals with you tax every year. So again, social distancing between those. So high turnover investment strategies in a taxable account, you don't want to have that. All right. And then the final one, and I think this one's pretty obvious, but again, right now it couldn't be more you know, pertinent. Your emotions and your investment decisions do definitely need to have some social distancing. Yes, because your emotions can be controlled by a lot of factors, and a lot of them are external to you, meaning, i.e., the media, right? And with our 24-7 news cycle and 
you know, where bad news sales, they're trying to manipulate in a certain way. You know, one of the best uh, shots I saw was there was a picture of a reporter in front of the camera, and they're in one of those blue suits, you know. That oh, are, no, that really? Really bad thing. Full mask, you know, all sealed up, everything like that with its own oxygen tank, oh, you know, reporting. And the person behind operating the camera was just in his regular clothes. Right. So they're trying to scare you in the front of the camera. Behind the scenes, it's no big deal. So this is why people will make these emotional decisions when they shouldn't be. They should be making rational, logical decisions. But that's why you need a plan to make your investment decisions with. You know, work the plan. The plan's going to account for these types of things in it. So as long as you stick to the plan, it'll work out. But it's when you make those emotional decisions. You know, we had somebody that called in when the markets were going down and uh, they wanted to sell. And, you know, we, we, of course, educate them and tell them the reasons why they shouldn't. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's their money and they make that decision. And then a couple of days later, they called one back in. Because why? Because all of a sudden, you know, market's going down and all of a sudden like we have the, a few nice The 12% day or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. So this is why, you, you know, if the plan dictated that you, you know, shouldn't sell. So a lot of times people will do that. And that's why the markets are so volatile. Because people aren't working with anybody, not somebody to reason with them. They're just a few mouse clicks or a couple clicks on your phone uh, away from selling stuff. And they'll sell at the wrong time and cause even more. It's like a dog chasing its tail, right? More bad news, more people sell. More bad news, more people sell. And it just goes in a circle. And this is what drives markets down as opposed to thinking clearly and having a plan. So you definitely want to separate your emotions from your investment decisions, social distancing between those two. And there's never been a more opportune time than right now to take a look at that. Because if you're making emotional decisions with your money, it's going to hurt you down the road. You need to make logical, rational decisions with that. But if you don't have a plan, it's hard to do that. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.